Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Go to DrinkingBrosTickets.com for all your ticketing needs. Want to sit with Dan and I at your favorite events? Go to DrinkingBrosTickets.com today. Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports Companion Show, kids. Uh, he's one of your favorites. You guys said it was one of the best interviews mm-hmm. of all time. Uh, you know him better as America's favorite dirtbag, Aubrey Huff. Uh, welcome <laughs> back to the show. Last time you were here, man, we talked about your podcast. And not only did it launch, but it ended up being on the charts as high as like 15 in America. Yeah, we got it up to 15. I was shit, man. I was as surprised as any, man. I mean, I guess toxic masculinity does go far in today's society still. It does. And I, I think a lot of people um, are looking for that today. And to be like totally, completely honest with you, because I know it sounds crazy to say that of like, oh, who the fuck wants to listen to that? People just want to hear a voice that is similar to them and have conversations that is similar to them. Not everybody's wearing a man bun and a pussy drinking fucking truly. You know, yes, I'm a little truly girl today, but not a pussy in real life. And I think because of how brash you are in your social media and everything else, it is a welcome refresher from all the other canned shit that is out there. So I wasn't shocked, Dan. Were you when you saw no, those charts? No, it's him and uh, Brian, Mr. Mayhem from Playboy Radio, right? Mm-hmm. We met him yep. uh, in October of 2018, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian's a great dude. Great Super guy. Super funny guy, too. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. We just recorded an episode for a Ju- uh, Fourth of July special with mm-hmm. Joy Villa, mm-hmm. the lady that wore for the Grammys the Trump dress, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we got that coming out on Saturday. And dude, we were talking about this very thing today. The one, you know, what does America mean to me? And for me, America means we've got to get back to that toxic masculinity. When America was great, where guys were actually men, we were drinking beer, bourbon, shitting everywhere, barbecuing, you know, didn't care whatever other people thought, you know, tough uh, capitalist Americans. And we are, are being under attack by these participation trophy generation winners that are now grown up and they've been told they're special and they've got their soy lattes. They've never fucking seen a weight room in their lives. They're wearing the tight blue jeans with the penny loafers driving a hybrid Kia that says I'm with her and feel the burn. We are in a fucking disaster right now. We need more toxic masculinity. And I'm not talking about the toxic masculinity where you beat your wife and kids and you know go to jail for doing blow i'm talking about the toxic masculinity that's a protector a provider mm-hmm. that, that uh, takes care of his family that uh, stands up for the little guy that doesn't take shit from bullies we need more men like that yeah. I, I agree um you know unfortunately in the time we're living in uh everybody's kind of locked indoors and you're just listening to other people's opinions and thoughts and feelings on everything uh whether it's you know the white guilt over everything that's going on during the protests or whether or not you're on the mask or no mask crowd, which let's face it is, is kind of separated people politically. Well, here's the deal with that whole thing. Look, certain like uh, a mask can definitely help whatever the fuck, right? There's no question. That's why they exist. They've existed for a long time, but the amount of bad information that the nation's top scientists have come out with since March, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. There's never been, such a stream of, of wrong information from alleged experts ever in the history of fucking medicine, so far as I can tell. 
Yeah, and what's wrong with just admitting, hey, man, this is a disease that we know nothing about, really, and we're just kind of fucking winging it at this point. What's wrong with saying that um, from either political party or any fucking expert? Anyone. What's wrong with well, saying I, that? I think what's really, really troubling, I don't even know if it's troubling. It's, it's, it's almost comical because it's so predictable, is we all knew the second wave was coming. Mm-hmm. We all knew this was coming. I, I, I called it three months ago. You know, we started slowly opening back up. You know, everybody started to go outside. Beaches were opening up. Nobody's wearing masks. I'm like, we're getting a little bit too. We're getting a little bit too close to the uh, election here. We're going to have that second wave coming. Sure as shit, here we are. And I got a buddy in Arizona who's been hearing from a lot of doctors. And apparently, what they're doing now in Arizona, because the numbers are so high, apparently it's skyrocketing is they're having virtual doctor's meetings online and they're diagnosing patients with COVID-19 without even coming in or testing, just over the computer. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, it's it's absolutely insane. This is as everything to do with political agenda. Yes, I, I've actually, well, since the last time we talked, I didn't know anybody that had COVID. Since then, I've, I've known two that have. And both of these people, one was an 11-year-old boy, who they locked him up in his room for five days. He played Fortnite every day, ate like a champion, had a little scratchy throat, and he recovered. His family didn't catch it. The other guy was a guy my age, and he just felt tired, went to the doctor, had COVID. He was working out the entire week he had COVID. He didn't, like, he wasn't coughing, breathing heavy. He just, he was basically asymptomatic. Sure, Um, yeah. And he he recovered instantly. And so is it real? Yes. Is it as bad as what people think it is? Um, I don't think for the general population it is. For people older, yes, absolutely. But to be fair, and I hate to say this because somebody has to, because you're older and you know you have a little bit more problems health-wise, is it fair to shut down the majority of the country and ruin lives? It, 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 to me, it's simple. If you're an older person, stay home. Right. And that's really all there is to it. Um, so on, on the baseball front and on the sports front, uh, you know, they've they've got this grand reopening plan. Um, I'm looking at the landscape now with all these athletes going down with COVID. I don't know how this is possible for sports to start. Um, are we fucking living in a goddamn uh, wonderland thinking that that baseball and basketball and football are going to come back? You know, it's it's kind of interesting. You know, when I played in 2009, we had the co- we had the H1N1 flu in 2009, mm-hmm. and I knew of seven or eight guys that got that disease. They went home, quarantined. They were got, they were back in a week. The the whole damn country didn't shut down. Major League Baseball didn't shut down, and we continued playing baseball. You know, now these guys are opting out due to safety reasons, uh, being with their families, etc. And and this is nothing more than guys being i think listening too much of the fear mongering in the mainstream media and i i think it is kind of a one of those things where you're just it's kind of a cock tease i don't see it's happening you got too many guys now they're voicing concerns about the safety mm-hmm. and and i think there was ryan zerman came out today a pitcher i know ian desmond opted that out and i think for me the more guys start following down this every day the more and more baseball is gonna be pressured to just cancel the whole season which I, I'm surprised they haven't done already. Yeah, yeah same here. Same. Yeah, the fans are fucking pissed off of what's happened with the negotiations and this whole situation. I'd be surprised, to be honest with you, with this second wave and the fear-mongering that they're trying to get us to buy into again, the NFL even starts this year. That's just me. 
I, I actually wholeheartedly agree with you. And, you know, Dan and I did a show a week ago. Um, I, I get a call from a couple of GMs who had said, look, privately, we're, we're moving back the season to, to week five. And uh, four games will be played at the end of the season. The Super Bowl starts um, at, at uh, the last week of, the, of February. And then there would be no preseason whatsoever. It hasn't been announced. Dan and I got, have been getting crushed for it. But um, I, I, the rumor is that they might move it back even further, if not into next year. And a lot of college teams behind the scene are trying to figure out a way to play an all-spring schedule. Um, knowing that there will probably be a vaccine by the end of 2020 or January of 2021. Um, do you think NFL or any of those guys even go? Because that's even more contact than baseball. No, I mean, that's that's the deal. Baseball players are worried about it. Why wouldn't NFL guys? Yeah, you, like you said, they're on top of each other, breathing on each other. And are these football players going to be wearing masks when they play? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, I, I can't imagine being out in that hot hot field wearing a mask, trying to breathe. I mean, I don't know, man. And the social distancing rules they were trying to implement in Major League Baseball where you had to be six feet away in the dugout, there's 25 fucking guys in there. Yeah. <laughs> you do the mouth. These, these dugouts aren't that big. So how are you going to stay six feet away from your teammates? It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Listen, the misinformation that's going out there, like you said with Dr. Fauci, almost weekly, it's too much. It's enough to drive you fucking batshit crazy. Uh, honestly, like I said, it's just like a cock tease. There's no way. And I'm going to say it right now, none of these sports start up. Yeah, I, I agree. And speaking of which, uh, Fauci just got on about an hour ago, and he said uh, – that he expects he wouldn't be shocked he said in front of senate if of 100,000 Americans a day uh got coronavirus which this story is obviously going everywhere so this is going to create even more fear I, I don't think any of these sports are going to get going and uh and it's it's going to be a long fucking uh four months until we get to this election yeah. because let's face it if there is no sports that means they're just going to be jamming this election in our face every single hour of the day until november 3rd well how is biden going to do that though because he can't stay on camera for more than 10 minutes without saying something stupid well i think that's part of uh like they're they, the democratic that's, that's party part has to decision be, they have to be praying for sports to come back some kind of distraction or something no 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 they, they, they don't they don't want it they want everything to shut down because they want coronavirus to be so deadly and so dangerous and scary mm-hmm. it keeps everybody in their homes especially biden in his basement they know if we are able to start sports, then you know what? If sports starts, then we can start doing presidential debates. Right. And if you have presidential debates, Joe Biden's going to have to come out and, and debate Donald Trump, and that would be a fucking disaster I for can't, the Democrats. I really hope it happens. I can't wait because I want to hear him. Like, well, here's what we know. All the stuff that's going on right now, the race stuff that's going on right now, here's what we know. The two things that are most associated with crime are fatherless homes and poverty, right? Yep. The Democratic Party has waged a war to make sure that black people stay impoverished because that's how they maintain their vote like that's what the welfare system is it's not a there's no there's no like concept of upward mobility anywhere in the welfare system in in this country the other one is putting black fathers in jail Mm -hmm. which joe biden wrote the fucking bill for right so i just want to hear him answer those two questions in some kind of way that doesn't accuse black people of not being black if they don't agree with him i want to hear like a legitimate like I want to hear some kind of explanation for that mm-hmm. at some point, just for more of a curiosity. I would never vote for the guy anyways, because I know what the reason is. He's a racist old piece of shit, but I just want to hear it out of his. I want to see. I want, I'm very curious to hear what he's going to have to say about that. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, Aubrey. I think it's exactly what the Democrats want. Uh, they want you to live in fear. 
uh, live off of the, the paychecks because let's face it, there'll be another some form of bailout coming to people if everybody's shut inside. And then uh, they're going to say, see, the economy tanked. Uh, you love Trump. And then he was all about the economy. The economy's shitty. Um, and I think, I think their strategy is purposely to keep him off of camera and let Trump try to run himself into the ground with some of these comments that he's made regarding the virus and, and the protest. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm, I'm still voting for Trump, and I'll tell you why. I got, my stimu- I got my stimulus check in the other day. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> I... I, I got I got a check in them. I got a, something in the mail, and I'm like, what, "What is it?" You know, I open it up. It's a check for twelve hundred bucks, and I'm like, "What?" It's it was from Donald Trump stimulus check. I'm yeah. like, "What?" I, I how did I even get this? I love it. I love it. So, <laughs> <hold on. laughs> Aubrey, I guess, I guess that's that white privilege everybody's talking about. <laughs> yeah, dude, you've not made enough money. You need another twelve hundred on top of that. Um, <laughs> congratulations. How was dinner that night? Uh, you know what? I haven't even cashed it yet. Uh, it's still because I, I can't leave the house. Remember, everything's closed down. So yeah, is that, is that still going on where you're at? You know, it's, it's bad in California. But my buddy, I guess Fauci was just in Arizona, and he was telling me how they are now since they're getting ravaged again that they're closing down bars, restaurants, everything once again, complete lockdown. And if that's happening in a in a, in a Republican held state, then it's going to start happening. You can bet your ass in California, New York. You know, all these democratically held. And once that happens, the whole I bet I bet the second lockdown is going to be more dramatic than the first one. That's my call. It's it's close to the election. They want more fear. They want more division racially more than anything. Mm -hmm. And 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 that that division is like infiltrated into the sports world, Phyllis, you know, with the whole Drew Brees thing. I mean, that's just fucking ridiculous. This guy, you guys know the story. Yeah, I mean. How do you how do you go out and just explain on air your beliefs on why you don't agree with kneeling for the anthem? I mean, you get fucking crucified as a racist. If you look at Drew Brees, he did in fact kneel in solidarity with his teammates in London. Mm. Then when the and when the uh, anthem Johnny stood up and put his hand over his heart, you can have both. You can be a patriotic American and still care about the uh, injustices in, in these impoverished communities. Absolutely, and so it's it can't be this one way or another. Pick this or pick that. It's bullshit. It's all mm. a narrative. It is. Yeah, it's nonsense. And we see it uh, yesterday, actually, in sports with Ian Desmond, uh, who's, uh, you know, I don't know why he's decided. I guess a lot of people feel a lot of different ways about all this stuff. But some of the stuff he said is just uh, factually speaking incorrect. He said I, he, he lamented the fact that he's heard racist and homophobic shit in, in baseball locker rooms over the years. Like, yeah, you don't say, huh? Yeah. Why yeah. don't you come check out a fucking team room, homeboy, yeah. and see how that right. sounds for you? Like, we talk the worst shit to each other that, that's possible. Whatever it is about you that defines you as a human being, your, your race, your gender, your sexuality, I'm going to fucking make fun of it. Yeah. Relentlessly, because I need to know that you and I are on that level. We have to be brothers. Like, literally, we have to be fucking fighting on the same side and all this superfluous, ancillary fucking nonsense that might hurt somebody else's feelings. That's stuff that we forego. We don't deal with that. The whole point of saying this stuff like that is to break down that barrier and say, you know what? None of this stuff is really that important. We're here to fight together. That's the whole point. That part is just fucking stupid. The part that he said that is factually incorrect, though, is that baseball has done nothing uh, to, to correct some of the, uh, like the fact that there aren't a whole lot of black baseball players. They've been spending since 1989 $30 million a year on the RBI program that, that, that uh, facilitates young black kids playing baseball in 200 cities in America, mm-hmm. the 200 biggest urban population centers in America. 
thirty million dollars a year they spend fully funding little league programs. Yeah. To make because that's how you do it. You get young kids interested in the sport. Mm-hmm. They get good at it. Then they see that they can make money at it, and they continue. And that's how you get into the sport. You can't just go fucking find. You can't go find people that are getting drafted for other sports and be like, hey, why don't you go and try baseball that you've never played before? It doesn't work that way. Yeah, the other, the other part about it to me, and you can <clears> tell me if I'm incorrect on this, Aubrey, is uh, to me, like, you know, as a young black kid, uh, most young black kids that I grew up with and were friends with wanted to be basketball players because it was cooler. Everybody wanted to be Michael Jordan. They wanted to, they wanted to fucking dunk. Um, you know, they didn't want to be a, a pitcher necessarily. There's nothing sexy about a strikeout, but there is something sexy about a guy jumping from the free throw line and dunking. So a, a lot of my friends, my black friends, leaned toward basketball just because it was cooler at the time. Um, so I'm not sure if the money and all that stuff would help. I mean, clearly the Dominicans, whatever, you know, skin color you want to say that they are they are people of color they have no issue with playing baseball so i'm not sure that that would that would necessarily help really to be no, honest with you because it's not viewed as something cool i can see why uh poor people and when i say poor people i mean uh young black kids in urban centers because out out in iowa and shit they play baseball right because it's yeah. like it's nothing else you, there's there's just nothing else to do out there. But, like, I can understand why they wouldn't play hockey because hockey is expensive as shit. Right. Like, if you have kids that play hockey, you know you're spending fucking two to $3,000 a year on equipment and bullshit. And people, these people just – poor people aren't ever going to be able to afford that. Baseball, you need a glove. You need yeah. a glove. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I look at it. I mean, I grew up in, in Texas, and in Texas it was football and baseball. Right. And right. I, that's what – I grew up loving baseball. That's what I played. And I'm with you, Ross. I mean, when you're – when you're a young black kid in America, typically you're playing football or basketball. Mm. And that's, that's how these kids grew up. I grew up as a baseball guy and it has nothing to do with race, but everything to do with how much you worked at that sport growing mm. up as a young kid. And now, you know, I, you know, I think Desmond tweeted out that there's only 8% of a black American baseball players. Yeah, that may be true, but there's also 30% of Latinos in major league baseball mm. who right. are impoverished in these third world communities as well so the, the fact that this whole privilege bullshit is the narrative he's pushing is absolutely not only un- untrue it's fucking dangerous and yeah. that's what pissed me off is this you know this poor victim mentality that he's throwing out there when i mean the guy he's a career 260 something hitter and he has a three ten base percentage he's got 70 million in the bank well, they've paid him. The Rockies have paid him sixty million dollars uh, since twenty seventeen to post a wins above replacement of minus three point eight. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you've you've effectively lost your team four games for sixty million dollars. Congratulations, yeah. Ian. And he's losing right here too. Uh, if you're, I always say this because one of my old uh, military leaders used to tell me all the time: if you're in a position where you feel like things are unjust or unequal or, or unequal rather or anything like that, work hard, rise to a position of authority, and then affect change. And he's got the ability to do that. It's not by fucking whining. Right. Like you don't, you, don't throw, you don't take your ball and go home. If you're a black man in baseball right now, you fucking try to get black kids playing baseball. Yeah. Get out yeah. there and fucking and, and proselytize for your sport. It's on you to fucking do that. I can't. I'm a white dude with a beard. You're a white dude with a fucking uh, missing goatee. Now your goatee's MIA. I don't know what happened to it, but uh, I look like a sperm. Like Aubrey Huff is not going to encourage inner city black kids to play baseball. Right. And it's not on you to do that. It's just not. It's not feasible. It's not reasonable to expect that. Ian Desmond can absolutely accomplish that, but he instead he chose to fucking cry like a little bitch. 
Well, that, that's the, that's the other thing too. Is like it, not only was it it's about it's racial, the, it's the privilege deal. He also like made comments that you know that like it's in the locker room, Dan, the homophobic and and uh, all these other you know the major league baseball has a problem in the locker room with with racism, homophobic remarks, and all these nonsense issues. You know, like you said, when you're in a major league baseball clubhouse, NFL clubhouse. You know, people talk about Donald Trump you, with that grab him by the pussy bullshit. Listen, I, we, we, we talk 50 times worse than what Donald Trump said in that bus in a clubhouse. And for any player that suggests otherwise, they're fucking lying to you. Yeah. Uh, and it, 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 that's not a major league baseball problem. That's a fucking guys in the locker room talking shit issue. Mm. And what happens in the clubhouse stays in the clubhouse. And a lot of these fucking young players have somehow forgotten about that shit. And that's why... Major League Baseball has a problem, get, and sports in general has a problem, because they are no longer keeping veteran guys that know the code and know how to play the game the right way and grind it out and know the value of hard work. These young kids now have been grown up selling their special and they're do anything they want, and it's, it's, it's being overrun by these young participation trophy winners. That's all it is. Yeah, and from the Hollywood perspective of it, like, you know, you guys, you were in a, a locker room. Dan, you were in a team room. Mm. Me, I, like, I'm a comedy mm. writer, right? So I was in a comedy writer's room. The writer's room is the most ruthless fucking room of all time. They're a- saying the worst <laughs> shit you could possibly say about people. Now everybody's concerned about race or what you, you know, can and can't do. That's why comedies are yeah. going out the window. Like, how can you push the limits until you know where the line is? Yeah. Like, I don't know who it was that said that. I, th- I think it may have been Dave Chappelle, maybe. But he was just talking about how, or actually it may, may not have been him, but some comedian said that one of the points of comedy in general is to find out where the line is for society. Like you say progressively more fucked up shit until somebody has a problem with it. Yeah, you know and, then, I mean? and then you're like, all right, cool, maybe I pushed it too far. You're going yeah. to miss in comedy and everything else, but that's how comedy writers' rooms used to be. But you have to they talk were ruthless. about You were getting the best content because yeah. people were closer. You were picking on one another, saying mm-hmm. the most horrific shit you possibly could yeah. and writing about it. And it's about the intent, too. Like, the intent is to make people laugh. It's not to be a dick. No, like, and it's if, not if to belittle somebody or make somebody feel less than. You're just trying to test out some of the funniest shit you can. Yeah, like, if you... Uh, not not to get super racist here, but if if you're playing with Latino players and you make a bunch of fucking fucked up like racial comments about them being Latino, my expectation is that they are going to talk some shit about me be eating macaroni and cheese with hot dogs cut up in it. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like that's 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 what I've grown to expect. Like all my black friends in the military talked, especially Enoch Bostic. That guy's a piece of shit. Uh, he <laughs> he would talk so much shit to me, like un, an incredible amount of shit. Uh, especially Dude, my, my, my nickname. My nickname in uh, in college was White Trash. Yeah. And that's, what, that's what they called me. And, yeah. Hey, tra- trailer, trailer trash, what's up? You know, I didn't care. It's, no. It's, it's what you laughed at. Yeah, and, and to be fair, uh, for the most part, white people haven't been discriminated against because they're white trash by other races. But we have, like, that. that's the point of this division. So once once Americans, once white Americans in Indiana and Iowa – figure out that they're on the same side as black Americans in Chicago and the, and the side they're on is against the fucking government and their bullshit trying to take advantage of us and steal our money. The government's going to be in real trouble. Right. And they're trying, they're fighting tooth and nail to make sure that doesn't happen. Imagine that like every time we see one of those scenes at a protest where you see a bunch of fucking white and black people together and everybody's armed, like every, everybody is like, Oh, that's pretty dope. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah. Maybe we should just do that motherfucker and realize that we're all on the same side poverty is a disease 
and it's something that we have to cure. And if there are systemic issues that need to be dealt with, we have to have the courage to deal with them, right? Instead of fucking. Well, Dan, we're we're seeing that. We're seeing a lot of. I, I've seen quite a few of those type of videos. Oh yeah. But by and large, I guarantee you that's happening across the country more than you know. But the mainstream media will never show it to you. No. The only no. time we see those things is by somebody that's a conservative guy posted onto their website mm. or their YouTube channel. <laughs> and what's interesting about that is I don't think what many people don't know in this country is, you know, in my d- direct messages box, I get support. I've been, you won't believe the names, guys, of uh, A-list actors and entertainers, professional sports stars of every walk of life, um, and powerhouse Republican, like, hard-hitting politicians have been in my direct message saying, hey, bro, thank you so much for what you're saying. We completely are with you. And I'm like, well, and the universal thing I ask is like, why aren't you guys speaking out? Why aren't you guys stepping up? Well, you know, the number one answer isn't, you know, whether or not they'll lose their job and being censored. That's part of it. Most of it, they say, though, is that they're scared for their families and the safety of themselves. And that's fucking scary, man. When you live in a world that you can't even no longer voice your opinion, your beliefs and values, your First Amendment rights, literally our right to breathe, then we're, we're in a fucked up situation. Yeah, even if you're wrong... I say this all the time. Bad ideas don't get exposed inside. Like all all this stuff about uh, now, like now's the time just to keep your mouth shut and listen. Like no, it's not. Now's the time for everybody to be talking and let's figure out what good ideas are and what bad ideas are. Because bad ideas don't get exposed in silence. They just they fester. And then these these poor like impoverished white conservatives hear all day how much worse everybody has it. And how much privilege they have just because they're white. That is, you have to understand how fucking unacceptable that is for somebody to hear. Right. Like their brain automatically shuts off as soon as somebody says some shit like that. And I go back to the kneeling for the flag thing. The kneeling, regardless of what you believe about it, it did draw a lot of attention and that was the point. So it was successful. But continuing to do it, you've already got the attention. Everybody in America is talking about this right now. So now the point of kneeling for the flag is just to do it. To thumb your nose and say, you yes, see, yeah, we can do whatever we want which is true, but you're not accomplishing any goal. The people that you're trying to convert, the 45% or so of conservatives who don't, here's what they see from BLM. They see an organization instead of a movement. They see an organization of a bunch of fucking Marxist retards that don't know fucking shit about anything. They're a bunch of dummies, right? And they're trying to co-opt the movement. The, the, The concept, the ideals behind Black Lives Matter as it exists makes sense, right? Right. But... The organization is garbage. It's fucked up. It's almost like our government. Like, the Constitution, the idea behind America makes a lot of sense. It's, it's worth fighting and dying for, in my opinion. But the execution by the government is bullshit. So it, we're all in the same fucking boat here. Right. We're, all, we're all making the same complaints about all this shit. But for some reason, we've been trained to take sides against each other instead of against the goddamn government. Like, what the fuck? And it's, it's only going to continue. By the way, did Ian Desmond ever hit you back? Like, did any of these guys that you call out ever hit you back? No. I, um, let's see. No, Desmond hasn't yet. That was a tweet this morning. I don't, I don't expect him to either. Most guys, you know, don't. The only people that hit back usually are some of these uh, D-list celebrities. You know, Alec, no, Billy Baldwin, Tom Arnold. <laughs> you know, they, they come at me. Tom I Arnold. live in Billy Baldwin. That guy's in my D. Private, me- not private message in my verified comments all the time. He wakes up thinking about me, and I don't even know who the fuck this guy was. I had no idea who Billy Baldwin was. I thought it was like I thought Baldwin. Oh, ooh, is that Alec, the the famous one? 
man, and I was disappointed when it was just Billy. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, most 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 athletes they won't touch it, um, just because they know I think how political I can be, and and I just throw out facts, man. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna fire out shit, you know, I'm gonna bring that locker room factual shit right back at you, and most mm. people can't handle it. And I'm just I'm tired of hearing all the excuses from people, whether you're white, black, brown, yellow, whatever. This whole, you know, young generation victim card mentality, it's not a racial thing to me. It's a victim card mentality. Right. And I'm right. sick of it. You know, work hard. I don't give a shit what color you are. In this country, if you do the work, you grind it out. I don't care how you grew up. I grew up in a fucking trailer park with my dad died at six years old. I didn't have nobody in the big league to, to give me a chance. I had to work my ass off with a single mother working two jobs, hitting baseballs every day. Don't tell me about fucking privilege. I work my ass off and I'm sick of the excuses and the bullshit and the divide. And so I'll call you out on any kind of fucking bullshit victim card mentality. Uh, man, uh, sp- we got some sponsors here. Mm-hmm. I, I, we get to talking with Aubrey. We can just fucking chat all goddamn mm-hmm. nights. Uh, but I always forget we have sponsors that pay for this show. Um, afterwards, I want to ask you about your social media accounts in particular. Because you've been on a fucking tear on your social media uh, recently. Uh, first and foremost, we got ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. 25% off everything in the entire store. Mattresses, sheets, pillows, uh, adjustable bases, the covers. All of it's 25% off, and if you get a mattress, you get two free pillows for free. As always, they've got a 36-month pay-as-you-go program at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros, um, and uh, it's, it's the best in the biz. Next up, we get KillCliffCBD.com. Uh, KillCliffCBD has got 25 milligrams of CBD in every single can. <clears throat> uh, grape is my favorite, by the way. Um, Orange Kush and mango are the three flavors there is no thc in these cans so you will not piss hot on a drug test let's face it if you're going to take cbd these days you've got to go with a name you can trust Killcliff is the only name you can trust in this space go to killcliffcbd.com today promo code drinking bros gets you 20 percent off a case and free shipping and that's big usually mm-hmm. those cans are expensive yeah, when you is. ship them killcliffcbd.com promo code drinking bros 20 percent off uh last but not least d'anthony We've got GetRoman.com forward slash drinking bros. Get your fucking boner on. Were you on last time we were talking about boner pills, Aubrey? Yeah, I was still waiting for my free sample. I never got it. <laughs> well, here's what we learned. The free sample is going to be just a bunch of dick pics for me showing off my boner. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sorry. It <laughs> is. Yeah, you're welcome for it. Every last inch of it. So we asked. We hit them up. We were like, hey, man, we've had some guest requests for some boner pills at Roman. They were like, oh, shit. Legally, since it is some form of prescription, they were like, we can't just send your friends boner pills in the mail. And I was like, yeah. And so what they, they go, look, it, it's a free online visit. Um, you know, you don't have to see a doctor in real life or anything. It's like five questions. You check out, boom, you get free shipping. And then the boner pills come to your house in three days in a discreet package. So your wife or your mistress or your kids, uh, or even if you're fucking your uncle, you know, over 4th of July, he mm. won't know. <laughs> Go to GetRoman.com forward slash drinking bros today. Whether you have erectile dysfunction or just want to fuck recreationally, uh, you can do it now. And since we're going to be locked in for a while, might as well get a, a mattress and uh, some boner pills, it yeah. looks like. Yeah. I mean, just, like. in, just in general, you spend uh, a third of your life asleep. Yes. And if you're like me, you spend another third of your life fucking. So it's like. Boom. You, that's two thirds yeah. of your life. 66% right there. Yeah. 
Uh, are, we, ta- are we talking jerking off? Come on, man. You're not fucking a 30 year life. A lot of that's jerking off. There's no way. It's mostly, if not all, jerking off, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I want to talk about your social media, dude. Your Instagram, too. Like, Because after you did the show, I started following all your shit. I'm like, there's no way he's this crazy in real life. Um, sure enough, you don't give a fuck. What is the response uh, for women? Because you post a lot of fucking female driven <laughs> shit of like, uh, do, do you get a lot like of uh, negative responses from women of like, holy shit, I, I can't believe he says negative, that. I get a lot of negative responses from the wrong women, the radical feminine, the bitches I don't care about uh, anyway. Yeah. But I get a lot of love from real, confident, conservative, awesome, gorgeous women. That's the women I get a lot of love for. They love toxic masculinity. That's what a woman wants. They don't want some beta. A real woman doesn't want a beta bitch boy. And and if you and for these toxic radical feminists, they don't want you either. So I would rather take my shot at being a toxic man and get the real good girls. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. just basic marketing right there. You don't go after somebody outside of your TAM, your total addressable market. Like mm-hmm. there's no point in advertising to them. No. You know what I mean? No, you don't. Yeah. That's why I've stopped sending dick pics to lesbians entirely. I haven't sent one probably in 25, 30 minutes. Easily. Dan stopped that right before we went on air. Yeah. Um, You you took the last one. You hit send, and then we went on air, and you were like, I'm I'm going to stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you get any fucking nudes in your DMs? You know, I get a lot of uh, girls asking me for dick pics, and just a little disappointment for you ladies. I don't do that because I have a celebrity cock, and if I take that out there, you know, and I have a really bad cut on the left, so I am circumcised, but it's a bad cut. So I had this where it leans left a little bit, <clears throat> and so you will definitely be able to know which if it's my mm. cock real so I Don't do dick pics. So Michael J. Fox did your circumcision is what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know, man. He had to be the, – the doctor was definitely – high or drunk or something so you got a bad you you got a you got a bad cirque what can you see too much pink skin is there what happened on that one so they're just like the left side is not cut all the way so it kind of just angles a little bit left and up which is interesting because i've found that sometimes women they're like wow that's the best i've ever had i've never had that angle before oh got it got it got it yeah that's that's definitely something new yeah. Um, <laughs> look, if you're looking into getting research, um, it's a look. I'm an amateur uh, at that field, but I enjoy it. We do a lot of at home surgeries. Yes, Drinker uh, Bros does. Just yeah. as amateurs. I don't know. That's a little. That's a little uh, concerning that you would be talking about that right now. Yeah, I don't know about you working on my. Is that you're talking about working on my penis right now? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about researching you. So I would give some a guy like you a snow's cut <laughs> is what I like to call it. Um, that's that's where I take two uh, jagged rocks because you want to do it all natural. Obviously, you want to feel it. You want to feel yourself as a man. And I bash those together and I recirc you. And then I take some fresh snow and then I pack that in. That's called a snow's cut. Um, now, okay. A, a princess cut is different. If I'm going to give you a princess cut, obviously, it's gonna it's gonna be in a, a little crown, and that that little crown part's gonna go over the top of your penis. Um, so you're gonna have a little kind of a, a princess crown. Over the top of your penis. That's a princess cut. Now, for that, I'm using a box cutter. I um, use, and again, uh, I don't do a lot of these. I'm an amateur uh, mm-hmm. hobbyist in uh, in the circumcision world, but uh, you know, I, I was going to become pro. One I've day. avoided the surgeries, and I just use you know those little helmets they put on like falcons. Mm-hmm. Let's put one of those on there. Oh, yeah, a tiny falcon, little helmet falcon helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I I would like to put a little ice cream sundae helmet on that you get at the ballpark. Oh yeah, can now. you imagine well, showing up and you're about to bang some girl and you take a helmet off your dick? <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck is that? Like, well, it's either one of two things. Either your dick is retarded, right? 
or and it has to wear the fucking helmet yeah. or my dick is dangerous yeah real dangerous so it's one of those two things and either way you can't go wrong well i i figure this you know i've always wondered if i did cut that part of my dick yeah it, it might give me an extra inch to mm. really explode up and you know but you know I'm, I'm your average six you know inch white dude i feel like that's good enough i don't want to feel the pain and the recovery of i don't know i can't imagine the pain that would go through yeah, getting researched like that at this age, man, it's it's a difficult one. I've got to do it every couple of weeks. It's like trimming my fingernails almost. Yeah, because he's got regenerative skin, right? Yeah. It just keeps growing back like yeah. a starfish. Yep. How's your sex life these days? Are you, are you crushing the cougars? How's that cougar life out there? You know, in California, it's, it's actually where I live especially. It is a cougar target rich environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got two kind of women that really go for the the young Instagram model, 25 year old that don't have anything going for themselves except for OnlyFans, they love me. I'm more of like, um, you know, the big daddy, sugar daddy kind of guy, right? They yeah, they no, want to travel. Like, the, yeah, it's all of those hot travel. Instagram girls yeah. who want to travel, but they don't have jobs. And you're safer than some Persian businessman. Right, right. Yeah. Well, like, I got a few of those crazies, but then yeah. I also got the 40 plus year old divorcee cougar here that's got her issues and baggage and she drinks a lot. And so that's another one. So I got two separate ones that really like me, but none of those options are really viable for a long-term kind of thing. So, you know, I'm just having fun, man. I love my freedom. I love being single. I was the married guy for 11 years, got two kids. Why would I do it again? I'm circumcised. I'm circumcised. I am cut. I can't can't have kids. I mean, I'm living the the dream. Again, if you keep that that little falcon helmet on there, you don't have to worry about a vasectomy at all. Not at all. And again... (laughs) I'm I am happy to do this for free. It is a hobby of mine. I don't have enough people to work on, so I'll recut you. I'll give you that snows cut you've been looking for. I use a laser. I'm going to go ahead and pass on that. I really appreciate it, brother. I'm going to pass, uh, respectively, of course. No, uh, but off. do me a favor. Tuck it in your back pocket. Don't get. You don't have to give me an answer right away. Not today. Um, <laughs> okay. Come back to I'll me. Yeah, I, I just I don't have enough people to work on down here, and uh, I'm looking for more experience. You you can you can only become a professional after you have enough hours. It's like a it's like a pilot, you know. I need enough hours to fly. You you know you were you're uh, in California. It's sixteen hundred hours to cut hair. Is it really? That's how much fucking apprentice time you have. Yeesh. I've got yeah. about eighty worth of uh, circumcision hours. So and you can I'm add, way you can, behind on that. You can ask Jared about how how many hours you need to fly in a major airline. It's not that many. Oh really? Yeah, it's not as many as you would think. Yeesh. My <laughs> wife cuts hair. Uh, well, she doesn't fly planes. No, but I mean, she's done the sixteen hundred hours. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Crazy. Yeah, she did cut hair in California. She yeah, had to she do that just whole cut thing. hair in California. Yeah. yeah, one of my friends did it once, and I'm like, wait, so you're gonna work for free for six months? Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah that's no. what you have to do for to cut hair. Like how, what's the result of a bad haircut? You wait two weeks and get another one. What the fuck, man? Yeah, like, it's not crazy. that dangerous. No, it's really it's not. Wrong. It's not as dangerous as not having that Falcon helmet on your dick, which again, I recommend. I'm not recommend it. I don't own the company or anything, but they are paying me. No, but if, if, you know, someone wants to reach out and we could uh, maybe get some drinking bros logos on those things. I'm I down. will do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely down. Yeah. We appreciate you being on the show, mm-hmm. Aubrey. Uh, you always offer a, a unique perspective on life and uh, certainly one that is unique from any athlete that we hear from today. Uh, where can everybody find you on social media? Yeah, so I'm at HuffDaddy76 on Instagram and at Aubrey underscore Huff on Twitter. Uh, Facebook, it's Huff Daddy Dog. I don't know. Don't fucking ask me why it's called that. But, <laughs> 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 but 
that's where you find me. I got the podcast, obviously, Off the Cup with Aubrey Huff. Um, I post the video of it on my IG uh, Instagram, and it's also on being streamed on YouTube, but you can hear it on all all platforms, all podcast platforms. Yeah, we get some listeners who are chiming in there saying, uh, will, the, will the video show be available on YouTube? Yeah, it's, it's going to start being downloaded, um, I think, today. Okay, great. Downloaded. Great. Uh, look, we love when you're on the show. Thanks for coming back. We appreciate it. Uh, check out Off the Cuff with Aubrey Huff, the podcast, and follow this guy on all social media platforms. It's all day long. Uh, you are uh, hilarious all day long on, on Instagram and all that shit, dude. Well, it's, it's also really interesting. You, you check in with me usually past 5 o'clock anytime. I'm usually starting to drink then, and it gets a little better. <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey Huff, thanks for being with us today, man. All right, Rob. See you, Dan. See you, buddy.